so critically acclaimed. Okay, guys, welcome back to part two of Julie and the Phantoms. So I have so many thoughts and I'm kind of just going to lump them all together. But I just want to preface that I'm going to save all my opinions on the music till the end um, when I tell you my rankings and reasonings and everything. So first of all, I'll premise with the fact that, like I said in part one, the show can be like a little childish at times, but I, as a 22-year-old, primarily enjoyed the show for the music and the three guys. I mean, Luke is just so beautiful. I mean, his arms and his voice, so amazing, like fangirling over here, of course, like everyone else. Then Alex, I feel like I relate to him the most. Like, he seems like the most sensitive and level-headed person. And I think he's the funniest in terms of, like, realistic humor and, like, making fun of especially Reggie because he's funny in, like, the ridiculous way and saying, like, stupid stuff and doing stupid things. Um, so I kind of really like their friendship of the two. Also, I just thought about the really I, – I think it was between Reggie and Luke because Luke um, – the guys – Reggie and Alex were saying something to Luke about him and Julie's chemistry. And Luke's argument was, like – everyone has chemistry when they're playing music together watch and then like him and reggie had like their little scene and that was so funny um but also i think reggie's like little quote-unquote relationship with julie's brother and dad is so cute and so funny um also alex and willie so cute heavily invested in their relationship called it from the very second they met we need to see more of that um as for Julie and Luke, so I know a lot of people are like shipping Juke or whatever, but I'm not entirely into it because the actors have a big age gap, at least for the ages in which they're at now. Like it's only five years and that's not a big deal in like certain age ranges, but she's 16 and he's 22. For some reason, also just letting you know, for some reason, the internet has Charles's age wrong. I saw in an interview, the interviewer said like, oh, you just celebrated a birthday, like 21, right? And Charles corrected him and was like, said 22. So just letting you know that because that makes me feel better because that means he's my age. Um, but anyway, so it's a five-year age difference between, but actually now it's a six-year age difference, I realized. Um, between 16 and 22 and I think that's a big deal so like sometimes parts of the show make me cringe with this especially like I think Luke says that line this is an interesting little relationship we have like something like that and that just made me like cringe a little bit I don't know um but we'll see we'll see what happens um and speaking of like I don't know speaking of their relationship though well actually I'll save that for later because it's like a little um it's a little like fun fact I guess but I guess with the age difference like there are so many other shows and movies where there's giant age differences and we're fine with it like I recently learned um which I said in my Cinderella story rankings video on TikTok if you've seen it but there's a 10 year age difference between Selena Gomez and Drew Seeley so like in the movie another Cinderella story Selena Gomez is literally 16 and Drew Seeley's 26. Like, that just is weird. That is so weird to me. Um, so I guess this age difference is like nothing compared to that. Um, and they obviously were had their romantic relationship and whatever. Okay. Then also, this is just another thing about romance in the show. I really don't understand how Nick and Luke can compare. Like, Nick is a literal child in comparison um, to Luke. So like, I don't understand. Like, I remember when I was watching the very first episode and like her Julian Flynn are standing by the lockers and she like looks over at Nick and I'm like, 
that's who she has a crush on? Are you kidding me? He's literally like a baby. Um, I mean, I don't know how old the actor is in real life, but whatever. Also, that just made me think about the, like, clothes and the whole high school in general. Like, I know a lot of people were saying, oh, like, kids don't dress that fancy to go to school. I'm like, well, for starters, like, it's a performing, at least, like, they're in a performing arts, like, music program for the school. So I feel like everyone's much more creative and, you know, out there with their clothes and, like, you know, their clothes representing who they are and all that kind of stuff. I feel like that's much more of a thing in like performing arts schools and programs so that makes sense and I almost feel like not like the show's trying to be a little bit futuristic I mean I know it's set in present day obviously but like there are ghosts and they're doing like the holograms so I don't know if they're trying to be like I don't know extra like cool or hip or something but then again half the time julie's wearing her mom's clothes and like i really don't understand i don't know if i just didn't pay attention that well but like what type of musician was julie's mom and at what age was she a musician like was she a big pop star or something that explains why she has these or was she just like someone who like i don't understand like did she have a record like deal did she have all that kind of stuff or was she just someone who like did music and like i don't understand because i feel like she like has all these clothes that are like really young and hip and whatever um but yeah but speaking of that we got to talk about dirty candy so one what is this group name i i just don't understand two the diss about Katy perry's stylist was so funny but kind of an insult to Katy perry so like there was one episode where i think this was the second episode this is what happened oh yeah this is when i got my reaction so like i said in part one i was i had a little confession but when i was watching um when I was watching Julian the Phantoms, I got halfway through the second episode and I was starting to have like these reactions out loud. And um, that's when I realized, oh, I should do a reaction video. So then I went back and had to like rewatch the first episode and like remember my reactions slash like make up new ones and what come up with new ones and everything and film that. But so my reaction was that um, they looked like the doodle bops if anyone remembers these from their childhood i think i wasn't like a little kid watching them i just remember like i think i was older like making fun of because these people were trying to be like the wiggles but it was basically like three people in a band and they were each their own color so it was i think it was a girl and two guys so the girl was like this pinkish purple one of the guys was like orangey yellow and the other guy was blue and like their hair was this color obviously they were wearing wigs but like their skin was this color every piece of clothing was all the same tone and that's just what like when I saw Dirty Candy perform with the different colored wigs and outfits I just thought of the doodle bops that was really funny but I was gonna say the the diss about Katy Perry is like Flynn was like oh what did their Katy Perry stylers or something so I think that was an insult to Katy Perry because Katy Perry looks so much better like, obviously, I just want to do, go rant on Katy Perry. So, obviously, we talk TV and movies on this podcast and not music. But I absolutely love concerts. Like, if you don't know that about me, that is my favorite pastime. If I could get any gift in the world, it would be concert tickets. My favorite artist is Taylor Swift. And I've been to I've been to two Taylor Swift concerts. I've been to two Justin Bieber concerts. I've been to um, the Music Midtown Music Festival in Atlanta. I've been to literally so many concerts is my like literally my favorite thing but if i could choose one concert any concert from the past to go to i would choose Katy perry's teenage dream tour like every song on that album was 
amazing. That album broke records. To this day, she is still the only woman to have five number one singles on one album. And those singles are Teenage Dream, Firework, E.T., Last Night, Friday Night, and my personal favorite, California Girls. But the costumes for this tour, the storytelling, the vibes, literally so much fun. I would, I would have loved to go to that to have gone to that concert also i really wish she has like a you know how a lot of um celebrities have like movies of their like their concerts and it's just like the entire concert like sometimes there's like backstage and behind the scenes stuff too but it's mainly just like the entire concert on like a high def screen like i would love to have seen that because that would be amazing but Back to Dirty Candy. And then the third thing about them is the main girl, Carrie, is very annoying. But one of the greatest scenes happened with Dirty Candy and Carrie, and that was towards the end of the show when Alex got on stage and danced with them. He was killing it. And I just felt like it was so funny and, like, out of nowhere, it was great. Um, but speaking of Alex, I said in part one when I was talking about the cast, but I'm just going to say it again because it still boggles me. I literally don't understand how Owen Joyner, who plays Alex, isn't related to Logan Troyer, who plays young Kevin in This Is Us. Like, it's literally him. You have to look extremely closely to see the differences, and it's so scary, and I I just can't. So does anyone else have the same thing with me? Because I just need some answers. Also with Alex, one specific thing about his wardrobe makes me, like, question the show. So the band is from the 90s, and they were wearing the same thing from when they died when they reappear in 2020. So how come Alex is wearing that crossbody fanny pack thing that only recently came into style in the last two years? Now, I know, like, a lot of times people say, oh, things from the past, like, things from the 90s are always in, things from the 80s, but, like, as far as I know, people like fanny packs were a thing of the past for sure. And they've come back in more recently. But as far as I know, I don't think there was ever a style where the fanny packs were worn as crossbodies in like the 80s or 90s. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I'm pretty sure. So that's some just like minor error that I thought. Okay, speaking of the past, did anyone else wonder why Bobby didn't hang out with the band outside of their rehearsal? Like at the very beginning of the show, there were four members of the band on stage, but only Luke, Alex, and Reggie went to go get dinner. Like, why not Bobby? So I'm tr- I'm intrigued to learn more about their relationship and if Bobby like finds out everything and if they ever get to confront him and everything. Because I'm I'm just really intrigued with that. Okay, also. In the second to last episode, when Flynn is going through Julie's mom's things and finds the Sunset Curve shirt, like, they just didn't talk about it more later on in the show. And I need to know because I reacted to the Unsaid Emily um, episode. And you guys, if you've seen that video, you might have seen my reaction. But, like, am I the only one who thinks that Julie's mom was the woman at the Orpheum at the very beginning of the show talking to the band? Like, that has to be the connection, right? Because how, like, how else will that make sense? Also, I did see a conspiracy theory or like just a theory, I guess, on TikTok where this girl thought or thinks that Bobby is Julie's daughter, not Bobby is Julie's daughter, that Bobby is Julie's father, considering if the woman from the very beginning of the show is Julie's mom, then she was hanging out with Bobby, although he seemed kind of like conceited and she wasn't interested 
But, like, why else would Julie and her mom listen to Bobby's music so much or, like, Sunset Curves music, whatever, and have such an influence on, like, her life? Like, I just feel like she makes a good point. Like, that seems kind of odd. Um, so, yeah. And then the only other really thing, like, is that with the very end with Caleb. So, Caleb, of course, was sketchy. We knew from the beginning, obviously. So, that ending was not surprising, I guess. I mean, like, I didn't under- expect that to be what he did, but I I definitely expected there to be something sketchy to happen with him at the very end. Um, so, it's going to be interesting to see what happens next season. I also, like, need them to explain how suddenly, like, because Julie hugged them, they, like, became stronger and how she was able to hug them. Like, it doesn't make sense. Um, and then with that being said, though, overall, my one thing with this show is I feel like it should have been a movie instead like just when I was watching it based on like how the storylines were going I feel like it made more sense it would have made more sense as a movie especially because at this point I have no idea what they're going to do for season two like how is this going to stay on forever I feel like it would have been much cooler and like simpler not simpler but like it would have been made a lot more sense. I don't think we would have been able to have as many um, songs, obviously, which would have sucked. But, like, because obviously when you do the math of, like, 30-ish episodes, nine episodes of 30-ish minutes, that's more than a normal movie length. So we wouldn't have gotten everything. I mean, but there are some songs that I could have lived without, which we'll get into later. Um, but overall, I just think, like, it would have made more sense, you know? Oh, Julie lost her mom. The guys appear. They realize what's going on. The dark, like, Caleb from the dark side kind of intrigues them, brings them a little bit, like, the other side of Hollywood, all that. And then, but he puts the stamp on it, and that's, like, the the turning point. Um, and I guess the only difference I would have done was change the bit of the ending. So, like, obviously, they would have started to have those shock things, and they were, like, not going to be able to perform somehow, but then they were going to... Um, but then they were going to have some big confrontation with like, I feel like a combination of Bobby and Caleb and then find the solution and then perform the last thing. And then like Luke and Julie kiss. And that was it. Like, I feel like that could have been the movie and it would have been like great. Um, but it's It's a TV show. So we'll see what happens with season two. If there is one, I mean, hopefully there is cause I just need more music. So now, speaking of songs, like I said at the beginning, we are going to talk about all of the songs from this show and my rankings and everything. So should I start with number one and work my way down? Actually, I think I'm going to start with 15 because that makes it more exciting. So number 15 is going to be Wow. It's Dirty Candy. I don't really care. It wasn't that fun. Like, it's fun with the costumes and everything, but like, I don't really like it. And it sounds like a bit auto-tuned to me. I don't know. 14 is You Got Nothing to Lose. Like, Cheyenne Jackson, who plays Caleb, the notes he hits here, I was just sitting there, like, trying to fathom this because I I literally cannot. Like, he goes so high. It's unbelievable. Okay, Th- but, like, I didn't enjoy it that much, but I still was so impressed with his vocals. 13, this band is back. It's very subtle, laid back. It's not, like, anything over the top. 12, All Eyes on Me, Dirty Candy again, but it's like a little bit catchy, so I put it a little bit higher. Okay, then we have 11 is Edge of Great and 10 is Bright. Now, these two, I feel like a lot of people really like them, but for some reason, like, the main parts of the song, like the tune and the melody, just aren't my favorite, and they just kind of bother me. I really don't know why, but they're just not my, like, thing, and I just don't like them as much. Um, Okay, number nine, I got the music. Not gonna lie, I was kind of expecting more from this song. Um, 
also it just kind of seemed random in the show like I think it was the beginning of one of the episodes and it was almost like a flash mob or something but it just came out of nowhere um and I knew there was like the TikTok trend around it so I guess I kind of just expected to like the song a bit more um but yeah and um okay number eight is now or never opening number of the show so much energy energy honestly would love to see them in concert and i'll like get back into that later but i feel like this would be so cool um number seven is perfect harmony charles and madison who play luke and julie wrote it also go watch the music video if you haven't yet yet because it'll give you major feels um number six the other side of hollywood honestly this song is just show-stopping which like is the point but it's so catchy and spectacular and again Cheyenne's voice like the notes he can hit is so like amazing um and I really love this song and I think it's like kind of underrated so I feel like more people should like this one okay number five is wake up literally goosebumps every single time I hear this her voice is unbelievable like so much power and just like feels with this also i really love like the look of this scene like it was golden hour it had all the plants also so adorable when she sings it in the the show when her brother is like smiling and just when he hears his sister sing and it was so cute okay number four i know people are probably gonna put this song higher but like i'm like when my interest in music i tend to love like melody and like tune and beat or whatever I prioritize that over lyrics and I'm much more of like an amped person like I like to listen to like pump up pop music not like always softer sadder music I guess but of course like I have my moments you know there are some that like I enjoy so like I really like Unsaid Emily like it's entirely sad and heartbreaking but I'm just like I don't put it higher because I mean it's number four but I just think like you know if there's songs that I'm going to listen to over and over again because I'm more into like more of the time I'm usually going to be in like an amped up excited mood to listen to like songs like that than listening to sad music which is good because you know I don't want to be in a sad mood all the time but Unsaid Emily of course the best heartbreaking part is like remember when they sing they can be heard by others so luke's mom wasn't just reading the lyrics she was hearing her son sing it but she didn't say anything because she thought like you know it was only in her head so it's so so powerful and incredibly sad and the new the notes luke hits also like his voice is spectacular i love his voice um okay number three finally free like one of my favorites I listen to it a lot I just think like Luke and Julie's combo here is so great and again the beat is just really like really fun number two flying solo I really 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 just vibe with this song and like how cute that she wrote it about her best friend I love that but I mean this is probably like I even though it's I put it as number two I probably know this one the best because I think I've listened to it the most um and also just a side note there's a version of Indiana Masara who's like a TikTok star um singing it and her voice is like wow so you should check that out and number one, I mean, I don't think it's any surprise because it was the last song of the show, so it's kind of expected, but Stand Tall. When I heard this the first time, I was literally sitting there with my jaw dropped, and I was like, oh my god. Also, I like I literally loved everything about it. Like, Julie's beginning, she so, starts so high, which is so incredible, 
Um, but I really love when, of course, it like had the whole salmon of the show, and you know, you didn't know what was gonna happen. The guys were just with Caleb. Where are they? So I really loved how amped it got when like each guy appeared on its own, like when Alex came first on the drums, and we also got to hear them sing a little bit, which was really cool. And because they had great voices too. So Alex sang, then Reggie came in, and then Luke starts coming in and he's glitching and everyone's just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then the beat drops and he sings the song. And it's like, oh my God. Also, the bridge was amazing. I just, I love this one. This one was spectacular. So I'm really excited that, um, like about these songs and I'm definitely going to be listening to them a lot um so yeah somebody meant like somebody commented I think on one of my videos that had nothing to do with like music I think it was on my when I was or it had nothing to do with like a playlist or whatever um I don't know I thought it might have made more sense if someone commented on my movies that when I was ranking my video that ranked musical movies um but somebody I don't know if it was that one but someone like said I want to know your music playlist I don't know if it was like genuine question or like not but that will definitely be this soundtrack will definitely be added to my playlist um so yeah, now we're going to end with fun facts. So most of these were in my fun facts video already on TikTok. And again, there aren't there aren't too many like fun facts about the show because it literally like just dropped a few weeks ago. So it's very new. And most of the fun facts that are out there are really just about the actors. Um, so this is what I could find. So the show is actually based on the Brazilian version of the show, which aired in 2011 to 2012 on Nickelodeon Brazil, and it follows the same premise where Julie forms a band with three ghosts. But the guys, their names are different, so they're actually Daniel, Felix, and Martim, um, and apparently they were like trapped in a vinyl record, and Julie finds them which is interesting. Um, I haven't seen the show, obviously. So other than that, I don't really know much about it in terms of like how similar it is to this Julie and the Phantoms, but I think it's interesting. Um, something I did read, though, was that there was an opening theme song to Julian, like the, the Brazilian version of this show, which made me re- realize like why didn't this show have that? Because like that would make sense and it would also just give us another song to be super into. Um, but whatever. I guess maybe because I don't know I feel like it's not like a sitcom-y like Disney-ish show like I feel like it has a little bit more drama and it's a little darker than that but whatever okay if you didn't listen to part one um or stick around for the credits then you might not know that the director and producer of Julie and the Phantoms is none other than Kenny Ortega who is responsible for my childhood and many others who grew up in the early 2000s he is the man behind Hocus Pocus the high school musical franchise. I repeat, the high school musical franchise. That says it all. Like, if he, even if he hadn't done anything else, that would be enough. That would be more than enough. But also, the Descendants movies, which of course makes sense because a good amount of um, people from the Descendants movies uh, are in this show. Also, he did the Cheetah Girls, and he d- did like stage production and choreography for like the for Michael Jackson's concerts and the Hannah Montana concert tour. Um, he also directed a few episodes of Gilmore Girls. Like, he's literally 
done like I I I just can't he's done so much um and I love I love him and everything he does and everyone it's funny because I mentioned this in the first part as well but like I feel like no one knows like directors or producers or anything other than like the big people in Hollywood like you know Spielberg and Scorsese and Tarantino like those people I feel like everyone knows but when it comes to like more TV and you know not critically acclaimed things I feel like Kenny Ortega like everyone knows Kenny Ortega but nobody knows anyone else and that just speaks to how amazing and like loved he is and so this show is like no just makes sense that I was like literally if you didn't see my reaction video at the very end and this was a genuine thing like I I had already mentioned how when I record when I made the reaction video I was of course like I had to go back and reenact my reactions from when I watched it the first time but when I watched the first episode the first time before filming the reaction video I literally screamed at the TV I'm like oh my god like I literally was like Kenny Ortega that makes so much sense now like it just it just makes sense given who he is and the projects that he's worked on before Okay, and then we can say Madison Reyes, who plays Julie, and Charles Gillespie, who plays Luke. So they wrote the song Perfect Harmony together, and I'm sure it won't be the last time they write a song together if the show gets um, renewed. Um, Oh, that makes me think, because I realized I forgot to say it in part one. Not that anyone cares now because you've watched the show, but... I got, like, people are comparing this show to, like, uh, the drama of Glee with, like, the music slash comedy of High School Musical, the musical, the series. Now, I haven't seen Glee, but I feel like High School Musical, the musical, the series is a fair comparison. I would say that that's more, like, comedic and, like, lighthearted than this. I think this has a little bit more drama and a little bit darker. Not darker, but, like, you guys know, if you've seen High School Musical, the musical, the series, you can tell the difference. Um... But in terms of, like, the sweetness of the relationship and, like, the music being great, like, there's all that. Um, And so it just made me think of it because, obviously, Olivia Rodrigo and Joshua Bassett wrote um, Just for the Moment together. And, again, it's probably not the last time they're going to write a song together. So speaking of Julie and Luke, according to both, I think this is going to be interesting and people are going to really like, or not really like this, but be intrigued by this. Both Madison Reyes and Kenny Ortega, according to both of them, Luke and Julie won't kiss at least for a while because the focus of their relationship is a deep connection and they don't feel the need to physicalize it. Um, Yes, I had to look up that physicalize is a word. It is. Also, I saw a tweet somebody had posted that was like, if Kenny Ortega waited till High School Musical 3 for, you know, Troy and Gabriella to kiss, then it's going to be a while for this one. But then someone commented, because I went to the comments to see if, you know, people caught it because they actually kissed at the end of the second movie. But I totally understand that because literally they had, they had built it up so much. I mean, the first one, it was, they tried to kiss at the very end of the movie the first time but then the second movie they literally tried to kiss like I think two or three times earlier in the movie like when they're signing yearbooks when they're um on the the golf course for their picnic when they're in the pool like literally there's so many times when they try to kiss and then it gets take interrupted or whatever so it's always really funny um and then lastly Kenny Ortega said that his goal behind this show was not just to create a successful TV series but also a real band that would sell albums and tour and like I would love a Julie and the Phantoms concert like that would be so much fun I feel like it'd be such a vibe because they are kind of like 
not rock and roll, but like kind of rock and roll. And it's, it's like really amped up and fun. And I would enjoy it so much. And somebody commented, because I included that fun fact in my um, fun facts video on TikTok. And someone commented like, anyone else thinking big time rush? And I was like, yeah, you're actually right. Um, so that would be so cool and so fun. And I think like, this show overall, like I said, I mean, I think it would have been better off as a movie, but I think it, it's going to have a lot of potential and go pretty far probably um, as, I mean, if more people watch it. So hopefully you listen to this and you're going to encourage your friends and everyone to watch it because I think like, I just, I don't know. I just like the show. It's not like my absolute favorite and I could probably live without it. I could definitely live without it, but um, I still think it's like pretty fun and I had something else I wanted to say about the concert, but I honestly can't even remember now. So with that being said, um, that's all for this week's episodes of the Not So Critically Acclaimed podcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed. We'll be back next week with another TV series or unless I decide to change it up because I haven't changed it up in a little while. Um, we'll see. But otherwise, make sure you're following me at Not So Critically Acclaimed, both on Instagram and TikTok. Please rate, review, and subscribe my podcast on Apple Podcasts if that's where you listen to it. Would love to read a review, any feedback you have. I respond to DMs on Instagram and TikTok. So if you ever want to reach out about recommendations or um, anything else, anything really like related to TV movies-ish in my genre, please let me know because that will, I'm always here to like lend, I don't know, ideas and stuff. And I'm thinking also of like creating a Google Doc form in that can be put in my link tree that is in my link in my bio in both TikTok and Instagram that I'm thinking a Google form where you guys can input like your like requests. So if you have a TV show that I haven't done before um, and you want to see it on the pod or like hear it on the podcast or whatever, you can request it. Or like if you have a movie series, like if you have like a list of movies, you know, like, oh, best musical movies, which I did like ranking on a TikTok video. But like if you wanted a full fledged podcast about it you know you could request that as well so I'm thinking of putting that together um but otherwise thank you so much for following me as well 38,000 followers and counting and that's always always so spectacular also I mentioned in the first part of this week's episode but Netflix guys Netflix the official TikTok of Netflix commented on my reaction video that was truly unforget like amazing I was so caught off guard so like just speechless considering my video was on the Netflix's for you page like that was just incredible and so crazy so thank you guys to anyone who had liked that video followed me because that video commented on that video so appreciative um stay tuned for more content and that's it so I'll talk to you guys next week, I guess, but bye.